Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show, two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. This is what I call full contact Catholicism. This is where Catholicism and the culture intersect. Terry, I'm reporting for duty. What about you, my friend? I'm reporting for duty, and we've got our good friend John Itz from Catholic Vote. And I want to just say this. Uh, they had a big event Saturday in Ohio, a rosary event. I can't wait to get a report because yeah, I was exactly. 3,000 miles away. And a lot of our listeners are anxious to hear about that. And, and I was in Michigan. I wanted to be there so bad, but hey, I had a, I had, okay. a I had an obligation. You can't bilocate. John, thanks yeah, for joining yeah. us. Brother, we're also going to be talking about, I think, one of the most important topics. that we, we Last week we talked about how was man saved. Yeah, that's important, obviously. We're going to talk about the justice of God and the mercy of God, how it works, and why we're in trouble for, it seems to be, the last 10 years because we haven't had much of talk about the justice of God working with the mercy of God. We've been hearing too much about mercy without justice. That's we're also, right. We're also yeah. going to go to uh, our friends over at CatholicVote.org for the winners and losers, our heroes. We call them heroes and losers, uh, whether it's a, a bishop, layperson, that stood up for Christ in the workplace, and much, much more. Wait till you hear what Bishop Sheen has to say about this topic, the quotable Sheen. That's coming up, the gospel, and much more. John, before we get to... Are good to know file. I just want to thank you for what you do, brother. Yeah. Yep. Are you there, John? Can you? Is, I can't hear him yet. Just I. I yeah. Are you there, John? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Go can ahead. you hear me? I can hear you fine. Thank you for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse show to give us that report. I appreciate. Well, that. absolutely. I mean, you talked about justice of God, so let's talk about some justice. You guys are the heroes. Well, three of us here. We put, we we did we did that LA event. It's great to be back and see us all together oh, here. Yeah. And oh yeah. It was. Uh, I felt like I went into battle with with uh, without my two uh, fellow generals, <laughs> but we we did our best. Right. Yeah. We got three point five thousand, not five thousand, like in LA. Yeah. Um, listeners uh -huh. may recall. You know, we had uh, Terry, Jess, and I had a part in organizing the big um, prayer rally outside Dodger Stadium, right? So. That was just a short, what, two months ago? And um, the same kind of thing happened with you had local people, yep. as in the case of L.A., where Johnny Romero, David Rizua, and those people reached out to us and asked for some help. You know, local power for local people with a little bit of infrastructure, and boom, you have a, a outpouring of the Spirit and a massive uh, uh, prayer rally, right? Awesome. Same thing in Cincinnati. The people on the ground in Ohio were very aware. They were working very hard the last six months to make sure that issue one got across the finish line. Again, very short for time's sake, if issue one does not pass today, so we got to vote yes on issue one if you're from Ohio, what will basically most likely happen in November is that um, parents' rights will be taken away. So minors will be able to have abortions without their parents' permissions. Second thing is that uh, uh, those same kids, if they they could get transgender surgeries, treatments without their parents' permission or knowledge. Okay, so a lot is at stake horrible. right there, right? Yes. Absolutely horrible, right? It sounds like California. It's They're trying to California the rest of the United States, and they went right to ground zero of the pro-life movement in Ohio yep. uh, oh, wow. to really make an impact. And it's a psychological uh, strike. Yep. And uh, we responded in kind. And how do we do that? Because we met the enemy where they were at. And that's what we're going to continue to do at Catholics for Catholics, right? Uh, just, you know, so 
Uh, what we did is, you know, again, people were working for months, other groups, organizations, but we came in with a prayer rally. We lead with, we, we work as if it all depended on us. And at the end, we pray as if it all depended on God, right? Amen. Well said. Yeah. So Amen. Yes. on Sunday, the Feast of the Transfiguration, just two days ago, we, again, this was put together in three weeks. It was, it was absolutely incredible to be, I mean, our team, I had so many hands helped made this possible. Unbelievable. Uh, and our, uh, you probably saw it on social media or wherever. Yeah. We had some of the biggest, you know, speakers in, in the, uh, the fighters. It's just speakers. They're fighters. They're men with courage. Let's yeah. Bishop Joe Strickland, right? America's bishop. I think uh, <laughs> someone on the show coined that phrase, right, Jesse? Yeah, so, that's right, Jess. So America's bishop was there, Bishop Strickland. And we had Jim Caviezel, the warrior of kids right now, was there. Yes. We had uh, General Michael Flynn, wow. Catholic, uh, a, a man who prays the rosary. I'm going to tell you about the rosary in a second. You won't believe that what happened to the rosary. Yeah. Uh, and then we had Abby Johnson. And then we have really what I personally love the most was Chloe Cole was there. Ooh. This is a victim of the transgender woman. She's a 19-year-old, yes. beautiful female who was lied to when she was 13, had the whole thing done to her, a surgery, removal of her breast, mm -hmm. and – she gave her testimony on the U.S. congressional floor to warn Congress, but she said, "You know what? I I want to come to join your your rally. I want to pray with you." Wow. Right? She gave a powerful testimony uh, at the end of it um, because she had mentioned that because of the chemicals that she had taken, fertility was going to be something. You know, she didn't know she could have babies anymore because of what they did to her. So we all prayed. So Bishop Strickland extended his hands and then. We had 3,000 plus people extending their hands over Chloe Cole while we prayed over that God wants that he would heal her in whatever way that is. And, and hopefully that she can have the gift that every female deserves to have the gift of a child. So very, very powerful moments. And of course, at the end, you know, Chloe's not Catholic. She joined us. She, she, uh, she stood next to me while we prayed the rosary on stage and it was just so special to see. See, this is what we are about. We are about, it's about evangelization. And we're taking advantage here at Catholics for Catholics of these crazy stuff they're going to throw in our face. And we're flipping it. Yes. Like the devil sends stuff to us in, in these evil agendas. And we say, thank you very much. Now let's take that and let's capitalize that for evangelization, which is what we did. So it's prayer and action. We prayed, and it's like, go vote yes on issue one today. John, if you live in Ohio. People, how can people get to your website for future things, and how can they support you, brother? Well, just Google the most uh, controversial topic in the Catholic world of culture today, and it will, <laughs> it will come up there. No, joking. So you can go to Catholics for Catholics, C-F-O-R-C.com. Excellent. And that you'll stay tuned for the, ne the next next event. Awesome. Thanks, John. We're, we're love partnering with you on this. And John, I like yeah. I like the way uh, what I see what you guys did over in Ohio. It was Catholics and, and Protestants. I'm sure the majority were Catholics, mm -hmm. pro-lifers, people of, of goodwill. You guys did a full court press to protect Ohio's children. And people are talking about this all over social media. People are still talking about the Dodger rally. Now <laughs> they they're talking about this and they're saying, wait a minute. Uh, there's an organization here that's helping us organize because there's a lot of good people out there on the ground, but they don't have the ability to organize and marshal a large crowd and get some speakers and put up a stage. And now they're saying, wow. There's a Catholic organization out there 
that's helping us out there, speaking for us, because we're the little guys out there, nine to five, Joe six pack in the pew, lunch pail Catholic. But now somebody's out there and they're taking our cause and they're letting the entire nation know about this. Uh, John, you guys, you guys did a yeoman's work this week, and I'm telling you, and the lineup that you guys had over there Phenomenal. with, uh, you know, J- Bishop Strickland, Abby Johnson, Jim Caviezel, Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, and 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 just to watch Chloe Cole, I'm telling you, I I, I see Grace working in her life very powerfully. I would not mm-hmm. be surprised if she starts uh, making her way towards the Catholic Church because. You can't be in the presence of that much prayer, that much faith, and especially prayers being projected towards you and not come away changed. It's so true. And if you, and time is short for everybody, but if you have time, at least go and watch the part at the very end where we were praying the rosary. And this was not the plan, everybody. The plan was for Bishop Strickland alone to pray the rosary and all the other speakers were staying off stage. However, General Flynn had the amazing idea. He's like, you know what? Let's bring all the speakers back up on stage and, and stand there and pray. So you had Caviezel, who put himself right behind Strickland, kind of like, we got this guy's back, okay? I love it. And we all stood there. We were praying, and we had the Madonna processing through all the crowd with Florian and men's choir, traditional men's choir singing Ave Maria. I mean, just just powerful and by the way there was that moment when all the protesters who they were who, they had a huge showing of exactly 12 people i think maybe 13 <laughs> but they they dispersed readily upon uh the beginning of the rosary that makes not, sense. not a coincidence yeah, that makes sense i tell you the, de- yeah. the devil can't hear these marian prayers it just it just pierces their ears and it just causes them pain and they've got to leave uh you know it, it's it's beautiful to see that over in ohio cincinnati ohio where you guys were at john you know, uh, about 3,500 disciples of Jesus Christ uh, took place in the public square. As people say, you guys uh, took room, you know, uh, um, uh, took room for Jesus or made space for Jesus. And that's exactly what we have to do from one state to another, one city yep. to another, because there's Catholic, good Catholics out there and they, they, they want to uh, highlight what's happening in their city, and their county. And I'm just glad, uh, John, that uh, the Lord has given you that zeal and raised you up. And you could, I'll let you know, VMPR has got your back 110%. I want you to know that. Right, Terry? Yes, 100%. And, John, you and I are going to talk about Bishop Strickland and Tyler. We have another event that I want to talk to you about, September 1 and 2, that he's agreed mm-hmm. to show up at uh, on the Deposit of Faith. And our folks are going to hear about that. But we'll talk more after the radio show about you and your involvement in that and much more. But I really appreciate you giving us this update. Anytime you have an event that like that, we our listeners need to know what's going on because they're going to pray for you and they'll support you. Because John, so how do they vote? How do they vote in Ohio? How do they vote? Tell them. Go to your local um, donor center. You can just Google Ohio Issue 1 polling location mm-hmm. and make sure you go and vote. It's very tight right now in polls, so you have to do this. Um, and just well, vote yes. yes. Right. You have well, to yeah. vote yes on issue on, one. Yes, and, number one. You know, and I know Virtual Carpool does have my back, and I, I'm saying it publicly for, for for everyone to hear. You both have really do inspire me so much about how to collaborate, how to work together, different stuff. So you led the way. You got a few years on me both, but uh, this well, is exciting. Okay. I'm very excited we to see like what we got see in time. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. God we'll bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Us, yep. Yep.
Welcome back, Jess. Hey, brother, that interview inspired me. I told you off the air that that guy, John, just, I like to know, I, it's exciting to see a young guy because you and I, if we look at our birth certificates, we're not young anymore, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we need guys like John to pick up the ball. Hey, Jess, um, before we get to the gospel, I just wanted to mention something about need to know file. I got excited when I saw that in Louisiana, you know, it has a very heavy Catholic influence there. Yes. French. They, there's a law requiring all classrooms, and I'm talking about public schools, to display the national mo- motto of In God We Trust. Now, that takes an effect like now. And what I'm really impressed with is, yeah, the ACLU, they, they, got, they got pushed back by the, uh, the liberals and, the, and the, uh, the people who believe secular people. But uh, they just said, look, man, uh, this, they said that this displays as an inter- integral in emphasizing the role of faith in America's perseverance dating back to the nation's founding and do not constitute uh, any kind of establishment of a religion, just that we believe in God. And so they told the atheists, they told the liberals to go pound sand, we're going to do this. So I, I just think it's pushback time now. So I just wanted to say, to me, that's a good need to know file. How about you, Jess? Yeah, I got a few, Terry. Hit it. The COVID vaccinated oh, yeah. are more likely to be hospitalized. That's right. According to the Center for Disease Control. Surprise, Is this microphone surprise, on? Surprise. Let me say it again. People that were COVID vaccinated yep. are more likely to be hospitalized according to the CDC data. Yep. COVID-19 vaccine effectiveness yeah. against hospitalization turned negative over time, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The data was presented on June 15th. Terry, you and me were right the entire time. I want to understand, is it because it affected their immune system to not fight disease? Because that's what I'm, and I'm not a doctor, but I'm wondering why. I'm, I'm not surprised by the fact, but it seems that when you mess with Mother Nature, you pay a price. Yeah, uh, the article, people can read it. It's on Epic Times. It goes, uh, you know, it's, it's a media article. Yeah. It's on epictimes.com. Just go to the website, uh, Virgin Most Powerful. You can click on the link. Good. Or my website, Jesse Romero. And if you want to read the article, it gives you all the medical data. Also, Excellent. 21-year-old sues doctors and clinics yeah. for more than $1 million over transgender procedure. The woman claims that the doctors led her down a path of no return while she was a teenager. Terry, we're going to see these lawsuits all over the country of these young men and women that are having incredible medical problems and regrets now and realize that they've been lied to. And their, their parents have been pressured by medical doctors. These young people, when they come of age, they're going to start filing lawsuits. And good for them, Terry, because... Every single doctor that was complicit in this Frankenstein—I'm not a doctor. I even I know this is Frankenstein science: cutting off a young woman's breasts, cutting off a young man's sexual organs. This isn't medicine. This is mutilation, as the Catechism says. It's the sin of mutilation. This is Frankenstein science, and I'm glad to see that these young people, Terry, are starting to sue our doctors in the country. And not only that, we need to step it up in the schools. I was with a principal of a large school and talking about uh, what do you do with these uh, people who say they're now boys when they're girls in the bathroom situation. Of course, 
He says, well, the state of California says it's okay. Well, it won't be okay if we parents sue the city or sue the school. We need to take it to the courts because if we don't do anything, they're going to continue to step on our rights. And again, you know my position, don't put them in public school. But if you have kids in public school and they're doing that, first give them an opportunity to do the right thing and have the boys go where the boys' bathroom and the girls where the girls. If they don't, take them to court. That's my take. Yeah, slam these schools with so many lawsuits, that's you're going to bury them. That's the only thing they listen to. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately. Well, Terry, let me uh, uh, get, give some soul food today. Oh, today. Hold, holy gospel. Good. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Gospel according to Matthew chapter 14 and following. Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side of the sea. Remember, the boat's a metaphor for the Catholic Church, and the sea is a metaphor for the world of chaos. While he dismissed the crowds, after doing so, our Lord, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. So notice what Jesus is doing. He's like a new Moses going up on a mountain. And notice the way our Lord, he just takes time out of his day just to pray, just to quiet himself. It goes on to say, when it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came towards them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Oh, this verse is found over 300 times in the entire Bible. Do not be afraid. It's one of those recurring themes in the Bible. It goes on to say, Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out on the water. He said, come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. You know, that word save me is that the the Hebrew word that we pray at mass, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. The word Hosanna is Hebrew for save me. So that's that's a Hebrew uh, prayer that's still in the English Catholic mass. It says, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Something interesting. No, the boat's a metaphor for the church. So Peter gets off the boat. Notice this. He gets off the boat. He starts sinking. Where is there safety? Back on the boat. So what are we telling you at Virgin Most Powerful? Stay on the boat, the Catholic Church. Stay on the boat, the Catholic Church. Don't jump off the church to the left. Don't jump off the church to the right. Stay on the boat. Hang in there. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Then it says here, those who who were in the boat did him homage, saying, truly, you are the son of God. In other words, they, they worshiped God. They knelt down. They may have prostrated. That's what it means. They did him homage. They did him obeisance. And it says, after making the cross, after making yeah, after making the crossing, they came to the land at Gennesaret, 
when the men of that place recognized him, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought to him all those who were sick and begged him that they might touch only the tassel on his cloak. And as many as touched it were healed the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Last two things that I want to mention is that notice the disciples, when Jesus Christ performed that miracle, they truly understood who he was. They looked at him. They said, truly, you are the son of God. They understood. They recognized his divine nature. And also when people touched even his tassel, many people were healed. I know many people in the Catholic Church that have been healed by touching the monstrance, the blessed sacrament, the tabernacle, a relic of a saint, a first class relic. And so the, the healing power of Jesus Christ is not limited to the New Testament. It continues today. And uh, Terry, go ahead. I want to I wanna just mention about St. Dominic. Oh, yeah, yes. Today, Jesse. Yes, of course. Uh, you know, founder of the um, Dominicans, you know, order, the rosary. But there's something that Father Monsignor Harris shared with us. I wish you could have been at the Mass. You would have loved it. He talked about the Albigensians and how they thought that material things were evil. So even birth of a baby could be considered evil. And these Albigensians, they were evil themselves because they raped the women, they, they mm. killed men. They, and, and here's what St. Uh, Dominic did. He led a, an attack about defending the women the, the, uh, the, against the Albigensians and crushed it okay, with the rosary. And it seems to me, Jesse, we need to learn from St. Dominic because that is, by St. Padre Peel said, the weapon that will crush Satan is the rosary. So what we did last Saturday and what we're going to be doing in other places, I think I think Taylor Marshall on the 14th of October will be in Tyler, Texas for our rosary rally in the mall, praying the rosary in the mall. More head to wow. him. I mean, that's great. But yeah. Jesse, we need to pick up the rosary from St. Dominic. He's given us the, the role and how he took care of uh, knocking out the Albigensians. And I would say we need to get our rosaries out and imitate St. Dominic. Pray for us. Terry, it's happening all over the country. Yes. It seems There seems to be a rosary renaissance. Yeah. I mean, again. Wasn't that way 50, 40 years ago when I was a teenager, nobody was praying the rosary. It was all kicked out in the early 70s. Oh, yeah, Terry. I heard modernists back when I had a, kind of a reconversion back to the church back in the late 80s, yeah. mid-80s. Mm-hmm. I heard modernists in, in uh, the yeah. Los Angeles Archdiocese. Oh, yeah. You know, because I was trying to form myself, so I'd go to yeah. L.A. diocesan events. Wrong. I heard modernist priests telling me, they, they I, I won't mention their names, but they would say, uh, the rosary is exactly. dysfunctional, exactly. is a dysfunctional way of praying. Yeah, that was part Pr- of it. I heard priests say that, yeah, Terry. Yeah, I did too. I did uh, the too. rosary, yeah. I'm li- and, and I just, I listened to them, and I kind of knew they were wrong. Uh, again, but I still was, I wasn't intellectually equipped yet. Yeah. But uh, the fact is, Terry, uh, this, there's a rosary renaissance all over the country. Praise God. And, and, uh, and it's bearing good fruit. Yeah, let's get Bishop Sheen in before we close yep. this segment. Yep. Let's bring that smartest guy in, yep. Fulton Sheen. Fulton, oh, yep. This sits right with us, Jesse. Right now we're talking about justice and mercy, talking about heroes and all this today. He says, almost everyone wants a religion, but everyone wants a religion that does not cost too much. That is why Christianity has been watered down to suit the modern mm. man. I'll just give you my comment. We're going to talk about mercy. We're going to talk about justice of God. When they lower the bar, what they're doing, and this has happened for the last 10 years especially, is that we throw out justice of God and just assume 
Mercy covers everything. You don't have to repent. That's called lowering the bar. Actually, that's called not Christianity. That's called a worldly view. That's that's fake Christianity. It it is fake Christianity. It's fake Christianity. Yeah, they say it's Christianity, but without the cross, there's no resurrection. And so without uh, God's justice and saying you need to repent and believe in the gospel, that's taken right from St. Mark. So we need to show that uh, the reason religion is going down is because we have people in our church who want to lower the bar when it comes to homosexuality, to marriage. Oh, come on. Don't They're worry about that. They're doing it on that. purpose, Terry. I think they are, and we need to ask them in prayer, reparation. We pray for them, but we ask them to repent and believe in the gospel because we love them. All right, yeah. Jess, when we come repent, back. Re- yep, repent, repent, or, repent or step down. Well, yeah, I've said that. For, I'm with you, man. Sit repent down. Repent or step the down. The kitchen's it, too hot. Get out. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the heroes and the zeros from Catholic Vote. Then we're going to get into the justice of God and the mercy of God. Hey, we're inspiring you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ. That's our purpose. Absolutely. We want you to know the person of Jesus. Stay with us, family. Yeah, see, this show goes by so fast. I'm so excited, you know, to be able to be on the air and meet people uh, right where they're at in regards to wanting to know Christ. And uh, we try to inspire you with stories that will do just that. And I think uh, CatholicVote.org does it each month. That's why we pick this up about who are the heroes for July and who are the zeros for July. So let's get right into it, brother. Yeah, Terry. Uh, this is kind of an accountability project I agree. by Catholic uh, Vote, and and they're profiling ca- Roman Catholic Christians yep. in the public square, and and uh, we're spotlighting them, yeah. and we're letting you know who are the winners and who are the losers. So, for July, the heroes are Jim Caviezel, Eduardo Verastegui. I would also throw in there Tim Ballard. Oh, big time. Tim yeah. Ballard's got to be would, in there. I would throw him in there. Uh, the And the Sound of Freedom team. Yeah. The $14 million budget independent film <laughs> on the horrific reality of child sex trafficking stunned the cinema world when it broke was, broke over $150 yeah, million as of today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in sales at the box office, Catholic filmmakers and actors, Jim Caviezel, Eduardo Verastegui, they created Sound of Freedom. It's based on the true story of Tim Ballard, a homeland security agent who left his job to rescue children from traffickers. And the film was distributed. I want to give those guys kudos as well. Angel Studios. Yep. They they took a big risk by doing this, uh, but obviously they don't care about the repercussions. They're the ones that also produced a popular ongoing series on the life of Christ called The Chosen. Angel Studios vice president of global distribution, Jared Giese, told the Washington Examiner that Sound of Freedom is the opposite of the top-down system developed by Hollywood gatekeepers. He said, we're empowering people to be part of choosing, funding, and sharing stories that amplify light and impact culture. So to Jim, Eduardo, Tim Ballard, uh, Alejandro Monteverde, and all the other heroes who have dedicated the last five years of their lives to, imp- to this project, all we could say is, Ad multus annus. May you have many more years. <laughs> and next up in the batting lineup, Bishop Robert Barron. He took a stand for the church's evangelical mission when he issued a bold response 
I mean, this is so. I mean, it doesn't take much to respond to this knucklehead. This Portuguese bishop, uh, uh, Armarico Aguilera, shocking statement of the World Youth Day uh, would not focus on evangelizing youth. In other words, he said, We're not here to convert anybody. Well, then what are you here for, dude? Okay, he says, As the chief coordinator of the World, uh, World Youth Day that we just celebrated last week, he told the press, we don't want to convert young people to Christ or to the Catholic Church or anything like that. No, heaven forget, forbid that. Barron responded directly with an article titled World Youth Day and the Converting Everyone to Christ. Thank you, Bishop. I, w- yep. I mean, he yeah. said it well. St. Yep. Paul himself said, and this is a warning to this, all of us in the church, woe to me if I do not evangelize. Wow. Said Pope St. Paul VI declared that the church is nothing but a mission to spread the gospel. So that priest, that archbishop, you're nothing if you're not spreading the gospel, dude. Come on. He's a, he, Terry, he's a he's phony. A, he's a false shepherd. Yes. He's a hireling. Yeah. He's a false prophet. Yes. And, and Bishop Barron said, this is precisely why every institution, every activity, every program of the church is dedicated finally to announcing Jesus Christ. You know what? It's not about... You know, saving the planet. It's about saving souls. That's what I would say in adding to that. Terry, I would get the address to that to that archbishop that doesn't know the church's teaching. <laughs> He's the Portuguese bishop. His name's Américo Aguiar. Yeah. I would send him a free copy of your book. Yeah, how to share and, your and, and 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 also the the the, the recordings that you have. No, seriously, I, I, I would put a care package. He yeah. can't be too hard to track. No, he's, he's over he's, in the Roman Curia, and I would send it to him. Uh, I'm telling you, he needs a refresher course because this guy, uh, he, he's just off the reservation, Terry. And I really like that Bishop said this. It's, it, we need to get more aggressive, like the Bishop Joseph Strickland. But here's what Bishop Robert Barron said. I'm scheduled to give five presentations at World Youth Day in Lisbon. Lisbon. He concluded, and I would like to assure the Bishop Aguilar that every single one of them is designed to evangelize. That's a Jesse Romero <laughs> statement. Yes? You influ- I'm going to tell you, that's taken right from your playbook. I'm going to tell the kids about Jesus Christ. You've been saying that for decades. Bishop Robert Barron, thank you for speaking out. We need more bishops yeah. like that. Now, Terry, you know what I see? I, I see Bishop Barron since he left Los Angeles. Well, he's an ordinary now. He, 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 yeah. yeah. He seems to be... No, he's more... He's becoming much more orthodox and yeah. vocal about it. I agree. It. I, I see I, it. Yeah, you could just see it, yeah. And maybe these are always his colors. He just kind of trying to survive in Los Angeles. I don't know. That's pretty tough there. All yeah. right. N- next one, next hero, Congressman Andrew Harris. He's a, a Republican from uh, Maryland, I think. Yeah. Yep, Maryland. Rep- Republican Andrew Harris roasted <laughs> the FDA's deliberate le- negligence in lowering regulations for chemical abortions at a recent rules committee meeting. Yep. Representative Harris highlighted how the FDA requires randomized trials to determine drug safety. But these were waived so that the chemical abortion drug, Mifepristone, could be rushed to market. On top of that, the FDA also bypassed the required ultrasound and face-to-face consultation with a physician inducing a chemical abortion. So Representative Harris, who's a Republican, said the following, quote, Science doesn't change from administration to administration. 
medicine doesn't change from administration to administration. This policy changed from administration to administration. So let me tell you what he's doing here. Congressman Andrew Harris, Republican, is calling out the hypocrite Democrats, Terry, because under Trump's administration, none of these things were allowed. Right. Because we were trying to, again, because there was more of a pro-life ethic under the Trump administration. Now, under the Biden administration, Terry, uh, you know, the the caboose is off off the tracks. Now, all these pro-life pieces of executive orders have been nullified by, by Biden. And so the Democrats are having a field day. And this is the result of what's happening. And good for Congressman Andrew Harris for calling out the hypocrisy of the Democrats. Oh, absolutely. Now the zeros. Republican Mary Gay Scanlon, a Democrat by chance. okay, really. Pennsylvania Democrat uh, Representative Mary Gay Scanlon recently claimed that protecting children from gender transition, it's a violation of their parental rights. (laughs) Really? You want to vote? Are you kidding me? Scanlon also accused Republicans of fear-mongering. We're in that boat, Jess. We're fear-mongering because you're telling the truth. We're bringing up data that shows real harm inflicted on children by puberty blockers and hormone therapy. At a House hearing on gender transition for children, Scanlon said, wait for you to hear this, when our Republican colleagues allege that gender-affirming care raises particular dangers or due process issues, that is fear-mongering at its worst, picking on already vulnerable kids in order to stir up chaos that they hope to ride to success at the ballot box. Oh, my gosh. Scanlon has stated before that she came from an Irish Catholic family. They, they didn't know their faith, obviously. Right. In May, she complained that Republican lawmakers were inflaming grievances by raising concerns about pregnancy resource centers that were being attacked by abortion supporters. Let's pray for her conversion because she's baptized Jesse as a Catholic. Another fake Catholic yep. and another fake Catholic that uh, is uh, aligned with the party of death. Those Senator people. Bob Casey Jr., oh, Democrat Pennsylvania, another fake Catholic. Yes, sure. Pennsylvania Senator Bob Casey Jr. has earned his second appearance on the Zeros roster. He boasts a long track record of being fickle on life issues before finally settling decisively on the pro-abortion side. Though a self-professed Catholic... Casey has not only upheld abortion as a woman's right, but is now supporting taxpayer funding for an LGBTQ organization that organizes youth drag shows. In congressional budget negotiations, this is where our money goes to. Senator Casey requested the Senate earmark $1 million for the William Way Foundation, claiming it provides life-giving support. Besides hosting a youth drag show, that included minor performances as young as eight years old, the foundation is engaged in other far-left activism, such as promoting a communist-led protest against the conservative group Moms for Liberty at their annual Philadelphia summit. Senator Casey is a far, fry, is a far cry from his father, a former pro-life Democrat governor of Pennsylvania, who was denied, his father was denied to speak at the 1992 National Democrat Convention because of his views on the sanctity of human life. He is not like his father, Terry. He's a fake Catholic. Another one, another zero to pray for. My goodness. Another one is Dr. Tamara Kay, University of Notre Dame. Oh, oh, what's that? News broke, remember, back in July, that this Notre Dame professor... Tamara Kay had filed a defamation lawsuit against the school's paper for reporting on her vocal support of abortion 
at a Catholic university. So she's complaining that she should be for killing unborn babies. And why should a Catholic school reprimand her for that? The publication, The Irish Rover, has simply stated that sociology and global affairs professor promoted abortion pills for students through social media posts, signs hung on her office door, and a presentation during a Notre Dame-sponsored lecture. Why is she working there? Fire her. The Rover student editor-in-chief, Joseph Durrell, explained in an exclusive Loopcast interview that he only reported the public information that Kay had herself volunteered during an interview. Kay initially denied the interview occurred, despite uh, Root Rolls having a recording. Yeah, really? Well, let me play this back and I'll refresh your memory. She hmm. persists in claiming that the students have falsely accused her. You see that? She's not only for killing unborn babies, she's also for lying. Den- <laughs> she's a liar, too. Yeah, so then th- they deny it after, Terry. Some people will say, hey, why are you guys talking about this, Terry and Jesse? I'll yeah. tell you why. Yeah. Paragraph, ter- paragraph 906 there says this. Lay people who are capable and trained may also collaborate in catechetical formation in teaching the sacred sciences and in the use of communications media. That's what Terry and me are doing. We are using media to catechize people because some people in leadership are not doing it, Terry. Uh, Well, who else? That's what Bishop Sheen said. The lay people are going to save the church. How? By making our bishops and priests better bishops with our prayer and calling them to fidelity. When we come back, one of my favorite topics, how is justice of God and the mercy of God interwingled? What does the catechism say? What does the Bible say? Stay with us. You won't want to miss that. We'll be right back after a quick break, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Jesse, you nailed it today. I really, I wish we had more time to talk on this topic of how justice in God. We, we can and mercy do part two tomorrow. Oh, we'll I do think part so two tomorrow. because you you nailed it. This is so important yeah. to understand it. Go for it. We'll right? do we'll do part Good. two tomorrow because yeah, there's a lot to this. Oh yeah. So which is greater in God, mercy or justice? <laughs> it, it, look, l- listen to this beautiful prayer of the Divine Mercy. Yeah. Eternal God in whom mercy is endless, I love that, endless, Endless. and the treasure of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments, we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will. Notice, submit ourselves to your holy will. That's a condition to mercy. Submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. That's a concluding prayer for the divine mercy. I invite everybody to say this every day for the rest of your life until your heart stops. So we know that in God, there is both mercy and justice. Mm -hmm. Rather, we could actually say that God is both mercy and justice. However, we also pray that upon our death, we might meet in Christ, not not the just judge. I don't want to meet the just judge. I would like to meet the merciful Savior. Knowing that mercy and justice can never truly contradict one another, we might still ask, well, which is greater in God? And which comes first? And which is greater? Mm-hmm. So the question is, yeah. is justice the foundation from which mercy builds? Or is mercy 
the fundamental disposition of God towards his creatures. Great conversation. Keep going, Jesse. Isn't this great? Because, Jesse, if we get this wrong, we get Christianity wrong. And many people got it wrong today, Terry. Many modernists completely have got this wrong. So what is the justice in God? Justice is to render another his due. That's the definition of justice. There are two kinds of justice. Commutative justice and distributive justice. Commutative justice is when a man is in another's debt as having received something from him. This type of justice clearly cannot be in God. For all good things come from him and he is debtor to none, to no one. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, distributive justice is that by which a man gives good things to all according to their proper condition. This is in God because he gives all blessings according to his wisdom and in a manner which befits each creature. Notice that in a manner which befits each creature. But the creatures cannot claim to have any true authority over God in this respect, for he is a debtor only to his own wisdom. He need only distribute blessings according to his providential will. So to be very clear, God owes no absolute debt of justice to any creature. He doesn't owe it to us to give us grace or to save us. Rather, he owes it to himself to give us grace and save us. In so far as he has promised this, and has willed it. Well, said so Jesse, now let's talk about the mercy in God. Mercy is a passion of sorrow at the misery of another, which leads a man to desire to ally and the other's suffering as though it were his own. In this sense, there is not mercy in God, since he suffers from no passions whatsoever. However, Divine mercy is true and real, not as a passion, but in relation to the effect. Namely, God is said to have mercy insofar as he does indeed act to dispel the misery of our poor creatures. Further, this is a good point. Christ became man in order to suffer with us and so experience our suffering in his humanity. So just... Let's talk about the absolute priority of divine mercy. St. Thomas Aquinas offers a brilliant explanation of, of the fact that although mercy and justice are in every act of God, mm-hmm. mercy always precedes justice. Right. He says, whatever is done by God in created things, St. Thomas says, is done according to the proper order and proportion wherein it consists the idea of justice. Thus, justice must exist in all God's works. Now, the work of divine justice always presupposes the work of mercy and is founded thereupon. For nothing is due to creatures except for something pre-existing in them and foreknown. Again, If this is due to a creature, it must be due on account of something that precedes 
And since we cannot go on to infinity, we must come to something that depends only on the goodness of the divine will, which is the ultimate end. So in every work of God viewed as its primary source, there appears mercy. Terry, a good way that I remember is I remember uh, years ago you had a conference, uh, yep. the Adam Rainbow's conference, and yeah. you brought in, you brought in uh, an expert on the liturgy. Yes, Father Cassian Folsom. Yep, good man. And I remember he showed us uh, as he was presenting. He says uh, the Benedictines. He says when we put our hands together, yep. he says in, in a position of prayer. Right. He says we put our right thumb over our left thumb. So yep. this is about thirty years ago. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> okay, what's, what's this all about? Yep. He says, yes, the right thumb, he says in Benedictine first, it means, it means God's mercy. The left thumb means God's justice. So when, when in a position of prayer, when you put your right thumb over your left thumb, what you're saying there, you're saying that God's mercy precedes God's justice. Just like St. Thomas Aquinas says, and like the, the New Testament says in the book of James, I'll quote you the verse. And, and that's exactly what we pray for. We pray that when we die, that God's mercy, right, right thumb, overrides God's justice, left thumb in our lives. Right. But to, to get to that point, I want to quote the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1848, because you have to understand what sin is. Because sometimes we hear people say, well, I'm going to live as a homosexual, and I can still you know, assume that I'm going to get mercy and you know, I don't have to repent. I'm going to live this way and still get to heaven. No, it doesn't work that way. As St. Paul affirms, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. But to do its work, grace must uncover sin so as to convert our hearts and bestow on us righteousness to eternal life. Through who? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, like a physician who probes the wound before treating it. God, by his word and by his spirit, Cast a living light on sin. We need to cast light on sin. We can't just assume you can sin without repentance and get, conver get converted. Now, here's a little statement from the Catechism. Conversion requires the convincing of sin. See, if I'm a homosexual mm. and I'm active and I don't think it's sinful because certain priests or high people in the church are saying it's not, that doesn't make it okay. The Catechism says... Conversion requires the convincing of sin. It includes the interior judgment of conscience, and this being proof of the action of the spirit of truth in man's inmost being becomes at the same time the start of a new grant of grace in life. Receive the Holy Spirit. Thus, in this convincing concerning sin, we discover a double gift. What is that? And we talk about, Strickland talks about it all the time, the gift of truth, of conscience, and the mm -hmm. gift of certainty of redemption. The spirit of truth is our consoler. You see, it's the truth that sets us free, Jesse, and you know that. It's not somebody's opinion high in the church because those opinions are just and the, what they ooh, are. There's a lot of opinions, false opinions right now. A lot of false opinions coming from people with mitres yeah. and, uh, yeah, and, and cassocks. And, and, Jesse, the definition of sin, we need to know that because I still think people assume that really, it's really difficult to sin. I'll just give one quick one because we don't have time. Yeah. Sin is an offense. Paragraph 1849. It is offense against reason, truth, and right conscience. It is a failure in genuine love for God and neighbor caused by a perverse attachment to certain goods. It wounds the nature of the man and injures human solidarity. It has also been defined as an utterance of a deed or a desire contrary to the eternal law. 
When was the last time you shared that with a fornicator, adulterer, someone? This is something people have to understand what sin is. They have to go through those Ten Commandments and ask themselves when they go to confession, did I do this? Did I do that? And this is something that's lacking in the church today, brother. If you don't preach that, then you're preaching a false gospel. Uh, because to preach mercy without justice yeah. is the false gospel. What? The last two sentences of the paragraph says, because God does not have to create anything at all, yeah. everything he does in the world is an expression first and foremost of his divine mercy. Even the souls condemned in eternal punishments yeah. in hell first experience mercy before justice. That's right. For they have no claim to existence. And that is a great act of mercy that God continues to preserve them in existence, especially since they hate him. <laughs> now, of the soul in mortal sin, right. and even the soul in hell yes. is supported by the divine mercy. How much more are we who live, and especially those in the state of grace, encompassed in mercy? What have we to fear? Say this prayer often. O oh, blood and water, which gush forth from the heart, from the heart of, of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. And Jesse, going back a few years, Father Bill Casey, 20 years ago at a family conference, said this, if you remember this. He said the most merciless thing oh, yeah. you can oh, do yeah. is let someone wallow in their mm -hmm. sin. So when we have yep. people, high officials in the church, talking to people who are living outside God's commandments, and you don't correct them, that's not mercy. And I think, Jesse, for myself, I'm going to be held accountable more than most because I know quite a bit about my faith. And if I don't speak up to those people, then it's a sin of omission. Am I onto something, Jess? You and you and I both. Yeah, me too. Well, well, the Bible, well, you just said it, yeah. it's right. It's in right James there. chapter yep. three, verse yep. one. Yep. Yeah. You know, he's, he's talking about those of you that are the teachers of the faith. You're going to be held to a higher standard. Yep. In James chapter three, verse one, right Terry and myself yep. through these microphones, we are yep. teachers of the Catholic faith. Yep. We catechize, we evangelize, and so we make we have to make sure that our doctrine is pure. And, and where do we get it? From the magisterial teachings of the church, from the deposit of faith, and we can't do anywhere else. Where else? Where else is there? There isn't. Stay with the church, folks. Hey, Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of sanctifying grace. Let's not live in a state of mortal sin. Let's become holy or die trying. <laughs> Speak truth to power. Do not be afraid. Live without fear. And the only vax that we're going to push on the Terry and Jesse show <laughs> is called the blood of Jesus. Amen. And the only virus we're going to preach against is the virus of sin. I hope you had as much fun as I did talking about Jesus Christ and encouraging people to give their lives to Jesus. Remember our lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's pray for our leaders in our church. Let's pray for our public people. Let's pray for our family that we all will do his will. Jesse nailed it. This is the key in life. Not my will, Father, but your will. Thanks again for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God bless you and your family. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests.